it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It is August of 2019, and this is a very special episode of the show. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, as usual, we have so much to talk about this week. And so many things that we can't talk about. We're taking a break from discussing Monday Night Raw, Tuesday Night Smackdown, soon to be Friday Night Smackdown. And we're going to talk about some classic promos, our five favorite promos of all time. We've each made a list. Know how much you love TWL lists. Oh, yeah. And so here we are. Um, I will say I was surprised in seeing your list. And I don't know if you're surprised in seeing mine, but there were some omissions and some things that obviously we didn't want to come up with 10 or with uh, the same five uh, promos. We wanted 10 different promos. Sure. But uh, there wasn't as much. Uh, overlap or uh, as many of the, you know, the classics as I thought there would be here. Yeah, and I, and I don't know whether that's like you said, if that's just us trying to, you know, think outside the box, or if it's just a matter of taste. Um, and I guess I mean, there's there's certainly some honorable mentions that we can we can go through, uh, either before or after, um, maybe both. But uh, yeah, I think I think once we get into our top five lists, well, it'll be clear some some big ones that aren't there, and that uh, maybe we'll talk about after after we give our lists. All right, I didn't necessarily rank mine five to one, did you? Uh, not not officially. I mean, I, I think I know what my number one is, but the other four, uh, much like when we did our, our our last list, our list of our, our favorite things that happened in uh, in the time that we it took us to get to two hundred episodes. We're not necessarily saying one is not definitely number one, and we're not even necessarily saying these are the greatest promos that have ever lived definitively. These are just five promos that we love and that we we consider our favorites. Is is that fair? Oh, without question, yes. We're nothing if not fair, of course, and balanced. TMCR. <laughs> all right. Uh, I guess I'll start if that's all right. Sounds good. Um. The 2011 edition of Monday Night Raw in Anaheim, California, uh, February the 14th. Not that I remember exactly <laughs> where exactly where I was, uh, but uh, the return of The Rock to Monday Night Raw after a seven-year absence. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of WrestleMania 27. After seven long years, (laughs) 
Finally! 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 The Rock has come back to Anaheim! Which means, finally, The Rock has come back to Monday Night Raw! Which means, finally, I want to tell you thank you, I love you, and it is because of you that I am back in this ring, and it is because of you, and I give you my word, I am never, ever going away. The Rock and the Millions! No, 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 that's not good enough. No, 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 no. The Rock and the Millions. No, 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 that's still not good enough. The Rock is the people's champ. You are the backbone of The Rock. When we speak, our voices are heard. We all say, I bring it. Anaheim, the world is watching. Anaheim, the world is listening. One more time, when The Rock and the Millions the Rock's fans go to WrestleMania and electrify WrestleMania and the world like no one else can. If you're man, what the Rock is cooking. Uh, he cut his "I'm back" promo. I'm never leaving again promo. Uh, as far as a traditional money drawing promo, I don't think this was that. It ultimately did lead to like the biggest money match in the history of wrestling sure. uh, in uh, in Rock and Cena. But um, it meant a lot to me. I thought he was sincere. I don't know if that's if sincerity is an emotion that someone that has designs on being president of the United States is capable of, but <laughs> it felt sincere to me at the time, and I really liked it. So, uh, The Rock returning is uh, is my my, uh, my first choice here. It's a good choice, and I mean, for what it's worth, there was talk at the time that you know, he and his agent sort of had a falling out because his agent thought that going back to wrestling would hurt his uh, hurt his Hollywood image. Mm-hmm. And he went back anyway. So that to me tells me he, you know, whatever, whatever is left of of the person before he became such a massive star. I think, you know, the true love and respect for for pro wrestling. I think that's real. Yeah. So, I know you're not the biggest Dwayne guy, but no, it was it was it was a great moment. It's it's an iconic moment. There's no denying that. Uh, my my number five or will be uh, the Shawn Michaels uh, August of 2005 promo in Montreal. Who's your daddy, Montreal?
wait a minute. came out <laughs> just a tremendous tremendous job he did this was obviously this was the go home show for the hogan match um and he came out in montreal loud you screwed brett chance he uh perhaps you could say this is a bit underhanded but they really wanted you to think brett hart was going to show up either on that raw or at the pay-per-view correct it's yeah it's one of the best bits of storytelling that they've ever done. <laughs> and that part never gets discussed too many places. Yeah. So so in Montreal, it's the go-home show. People, it's a rabid crowd. People hate Shawn Michaels because the two most beloved people in Montreal, as far as wrestling goes, are Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan. And oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels is now the enemy of both of those men. <laughs> so yeah. he is... He is, it's like Satan came out. He's in a suit, which Sean, especially in that era, was generally not a guy who wore a suit a lot on television. And he just cuts this great promo. They play Brett's music once. Of course, Brett doesn't come out. And Sean just keeps healing it up and keeps <laughs> doing his, it's, it's really, it's the closest I think they got to, you know, 97 heel Sean Michaels coming back in, in that era. And just heels all over the crowd. They play. I think they played Hogan's music once in that segment too. And of course, Hogan doesn't come out then. So it's just he's just he's just playing that crowd like a fiddle. And it's it's such a great example of uh, you know the heel that even you can respect his ability. And people love Shawn Michaels, obviously, but people bought that SummerSlam to see Hulk Hogan beat Shawn Michaels' ass. Because he was so great in that feud. And I thought that Montreal promo was like just a perfect example of that. Yep. Who's your daddy, Montreal? <laughs> <laughs> He's incredible. Yep. yep. Obviously the knock on Sean forever was his promos, but he was he was great. Yeah. He was great there. And uh, we'll transition here to uh, my second selection, which is uh, the January fourth, twenty ten, the 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 Monday Night Wars reboot, the first night that Impact. Oh my gosh! The first night that Impact uh, went head to head with Monday Night Raw, January fourth, twenty ten. Bret Hart returned to WWE, and he had uh, his face to face encounter with Shawn Michaels. I got twelve years of things that I wanted to get off my chest, and the very first thing I want to do. As I want to call back there and ask Shawn Michaels to come out here and see me face to face. Whoa. I'd like to take this opportunity right now to bury the hatchet with you and call for a truce. You deserved what happened 12 years ago in Montreal. You disrespected me, and you disrespected this business. And yes, I did have a hand in what Vince McMahon did that night. 
I rest my case. And there's a part of me, there's a big part of me, that doesn't regret a bit of it. There's another part of me that knows that in the last 12 years, a lot of things have changed. A lot of things in my life have changed. When I think of Bret Hart, I think of the excellence of execution. You're not the only one that wants to bury the hatchet. I guess all I have to say is, are you sure? And are you ready? My career and your career shouldn't always be tagged by what happened at Survivor Series. I had a great career. You've had a great career. We both accomplished so many things. I think it's a good, as good a time as any right here and now for you and me to take this opportunity in front of all these fans right here in Dayton and all around the world. To look each other in the eye and take this moment and say that we could be friends. So I offer my hand to you in friendship. Right here in front of everybody, right from the heart, right from the bottom of my heart, I call for a truce and I call for you to shake my hand and if you want to bury the hatchet, Let's bury it right now. And again, this falls more into the sincere, um, personal uh, storyline, res- long-standing storyline resolution. Sure. Uh, you're one of the rare times where you're not punished for having been a fan forever and paying <laughs> attention to continuity. <laughs> like they had this long standing, you know, 13 year personal issue at the time or 12 year personal issue at the time. And they resolved it. And, uh, it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. The, the hug and even, even the way they went about it, there's the moment where Sean is standing in like sweet chin music position. <laughs> it was so great. And he like does a little twitch and then you know goes in for the hug. It's it's really quite incredible. And obviously, again, maybe Brett isn't thought of as a, as a great promo, especially not uh, you know Brett in 2010. But everything felt so sincere, and people were so happy to see Brett. And they were in Dayton, Ohio. It's not like they were in <laughs> Philadelphia or Toronto or Chicago or something like that. They were in Dayton, Ohio, of all places. And crowd just went nuts for it and as you said it's it's something that you can't you could never manufacture something that real yeah that was super my uh my second choice will be there's it's interesting when i was thinking about my list because there's so many great promo artists that we can go through you know if we did a maybe that'll be a future episode someday we'll do the you know just our five best mic guys our best guys on the mic uh Ric Flair, obviously, going to be on the top of most people's lists when it comes to you know the best promo guys of all time. But so Rick had so many catchphrases and so many uh, you know repeated lines. Not that that's a bad thing, but that he would kind of go back to. That some and I almost found it daunting when I was thinking like I got to pick a Ric Flair promo for this, right? Uh, but I found one that I loved 
that I think is it's perfect because it has pretty much every catchphrase in it. Okay. And uh, and a couple others too. It's from it's from 1985 on an NWA World Championship Wrestling show. Why don't you give it to him one more time? That's who's standing here today. The world heavyweight champion. Only one. And you're looking. Oh girls, I can't stand it. Now I gotta talk. We all gotta be quiet. Nikita Koloff. We've only just begun. That's the end of it. Dusty Rhodes, don't ever make the mistake of sticking your nose in my business. If I'm down and out, I'll get up and take care of myself. So Dusty Rhodes, remember, when you walk out here, woo, talking Ric Flair, don't think you can walk in that ring and give me a hand or try to help me out and ease the tension in our relationship. Now, Buddy Landell, it's so hard for me to sit back here in this studio looking at a guy out here hollering my name when last year I spent more money on spilt liquor in bars from one side of this world to the other than you made. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Uh, there's only one. Uh, I was leading up to Starcade that year. I don't have an exact date because I couldn't find one, and the WWE Network was no help. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, because this promo, it's it's a. Uh, if you if you just go to YouTube and type in Slick Rick, it's going to be the first one that comes up. Um, so he's, okay. he's doing call and response with the uh, with the crowd where he's you know he's talking about the you know where he's getting the girls to shout Slick Rick as he's talking. There's <laughs> a great line about Buddy Landell who they were he were trying to make the new Nature Boy at that point, where right, he says right. that where he says he spent more on spilt liquor than Buddy Landell made an entire year. <laughs> Just buried him six feet under. It was tremendous. <laughs> and I mean, uh, you know, hits hits the whole, probably a thousand know. percent. Sorry, probably a thousand percent true. Also, oh, I I would bet. I would I wouldn't doubt it. But uh, and then he sort of ends with the uh, you know the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, son of a gun, and and hits him with the you know hold, having a hard time holding these alligators down. And he's just tremendous. It's just tremendous promo. Like I said, I I wish I had like a better. <laughs> a better direction to send people to from the specific show. But yeah, like I said, if you just, just YouTube slick Rick, it's uh, it's just, I could have picked any number of those classic NWA promos or even some of the more wild, uh, you know, later WCW promos, but that was the one that really stuck out to me for a Ric Flair promo. I like it. I think I didn't pick a Rick promo for the reasons that you laid out there. It's like, how do you pick one? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I like that. I like your reasoning for uh, why how you could pick one. So that was cool. Alrighty, let's see. Uh, my third selection: Shawn Michaels challenging the Undertaker uh, for a match at WrestleMania 26. This is on Monday Night Raw, a Slammy's show. This year, WrestleMania 25, I, I came up a little bit short, and I did not break the Undertaker's undefeated streak. But I'm still 
is still very proud of what he and I accomplished in Houston that night. So I just want to once again thank you all very much. You know something, Undertaker? I can beat you. I know it. And more importantly, you know it. So right here tonight, I'm throwing out the challenge. You and me, WrestleMania, one more time. Wow. The challenge laid out by Shawn Michaels. Let's do it again, Undertaker, at WrestleMania 26. Yes, Dennis Miller hosted that night. He was the celebrity guest star that night. That's right. And, you know, Triple H came out and immediately buried him. Uh, <laughs> I guess they didn't like Dennis and... Dennis was upset that Vince was trying to tell him how to do comedy. And... Yes, they wrote <laughs> jokes for him for his monologue that he did at the start of the show. <laughs> Jeez, can you imagine? <laughs> like, whatever Dennis Miller has become, I, I don't think he's primarily a comedian any longer. I think he's primarily a political commentator now. Sure. But regardless, the guy has certainly paid his dues and succeeded in comedy. At, well, at one time, he had succeeded in comedy at a level that very few people ever reach. Yes. <laughs> and you're going to have the WWE creative team in 2009 write him some jokes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Sean had lost Undertaker, of course, in their WrestleMania 25 match. And Sean cuts this great promo uh, on the Slammy show where he challenges Undertaker one more time. Says he knows he could beat him. And Taker knows it too. And it makes you want to see the match. And it's, you know, three months out from it or whatever. Three and a half months out. And uh, really some good... some an, Another uh, rare example of uh, good long-term storytelling. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, if you read the Wrestling Observer at the time, you knew that you knew about a year and a half in advance that Sean had given the company uh, WrestleMania 26 as his retirement date. And so you knew that they were going to get there somehow and that's how they did it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's, it's a tremendous promo. And I, just, I love the way he even pivots because at first it's just sort of like an acceptance speech where he's like, yeah, you know, I didn't get the job done, but uh, you know, it was a good match and that's, that's cool too. <laughs> And he starts to leave and then turns back and, and cuts the serious promo. It's, it's really, really well done. Yeah. Right. My third choice will be a, a pretty famous and important moment in 1997 WWF. It was the go-home show for WrestleMania 13. Uh, Bret Hart's uh, tirade as, as Raw was about to go off the air. Um, he had just lost a cage match for the WWF championship because the undertaker had slammed a door on his head. <laughs> and uh, so it was because the idea was if he won his match with Austin would be for the WWF title that Sunday. 
Right, right. Uh, but Undertaker didn't want Sid to lose the belt because his ma- he was wrestling Sid on Sunday, so he wanted to win the belt. All makes sense. And afterwards, Vince McMahon, still being an announcer in this stage, gets in the ring and says, Brett, you must be frustrated. And Brett says... from there on a, on a tirade the best part is and this was obviously the beginning and that sunday was the famous double turn with him in austin uh but this is just another example of great storytelling where they're leading up to it where brett is 100 percent justified in being frustrated and being angry because he plays by the rules he's the ultimate hero and nobody else is playing by those rules and yet when he gets frustrated and angry about it, the fans are going to turn on him. It's not him that's changed. It's the fans who have changed. It's, yeah. it's the whole damn company is the ones who have changed. I just love the logic behind that whole, that whole era of, of Brett's character. And that promo is, is pretty iconic for me. That's tremendous. I don't know if we want to go honorable mention here, but I did not select the Bret Hart uh cuts a promo on the United States and compares it with Canada and talks about how Canada still takes care of people with health care and oh, yeah. they don't shoot each other on every corner. <laughs> that's uh, that's not a role mention one for me. The Bret Hart Canada health care promo. That's great. Yeah, that's a great one too. <laughs> okay. Let's see. My fourth selection is I don't know if it's technically a promo. I don't know. Regardless. I don't. I think only one of my promos is actually a traditional <laughs> promo. Now that I think about it, but no, I guess HBK the ta- HBK Taker one is a traditional promo. But yeah, uh, Roddy Piper's Hall of Fame induction speech in 2005. But that night, it wasn't the twenty-five dollars Canadian. that I received. That night I was initiated into a group of some of the finest men and ladies that took this skinny little kid, no questions asked, no judgment, just demanded 110% all the time, and they accepted him into a family a family that I was desperate to have because I wasn't going nowhere (laughs) except jail. (laughs) I managed to make jail a few times (laughs) as Rick has explained to you. Professional wrestling 
And the WWE gave this to me, which is the greatest gift. I'm so proud of these guys, man. I, they raised me. They see me at my worst, see me at my best. These are men here. What bothers me is I understood everything the Sheik said. <laughs> but in 1985, with the WWE, they allowed me this, the greatest thing that has happened in my life. They gave me the notoriety and the financial whereabouts to have a family of my own. And in the audience tonight is my wife of 22 years, Kitty, my oldest daughter, Anastasia, with my future grandson, my beautiful daughter, Ariel, my son, Colton, and little Corn Muffin, Fallon Danica, and they're all my family. And it's because of this family here. And I want to tell you this, I love you, I love you so much, man. I love you so much, but I guarantee you this, my name is Rowdy Roddy Piper, and you ain't seen nothing yet. WrestleMania 21, here I come, baby, I'm yours. Again, Roddy was just the ultimate worker. Um, And he was a legitimate crazy person. And uh, I don't know that um, he was ever off. I think he was always on. He was always Roddy Piper. And, and, And very much so when he was in front of television camera. And But he delivers this promo about how when, when he became a wrestler, he got um, inducted into this, you know, into this family of brothers and sisters. Uh, it was a family he was desperate to have because he wasn't going anywhere. And then he talks about how WWE gave him an ability or gave him the ability to have his own, a family of his own. And then he calls out his family members and talks about how proud of all his kids he is. And it's just the, it's the greatest thing. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, just just recently here we passed the the five year or the four year anniversary of Roddy passing and um, when I think of Roddy Piper I actually think of this first like I think regardless of of all the crazy Roddy Piper stories and you know Rick Flair tells a story in his autobiography about Piper getting paid with a balloon full of cocaine in Puerto Rico and <laughs> like there's <laughs> he didn't get paid money he got paid just a balloon full of cocaine. Uh, there's a, a ton of crazy Roddy Piper stories out there, but uh, yeah. Roddy, Roddy loved this family. That's, you know, without question. And I love that promo for that reason. Yeah, it's a great choice. And I love that he ended it. And of course, he was still the ultimate promoter, as you mentioned, or self promoter, I should say. Is He wanted to make it clear this was not the period on his career. <laughs> right. Right. Yet, yeah. yeah. He ends it by, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet. And he. Plugs his WrestleMania 21 appearance the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe that is that is a promo. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> that totally works. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, my uh, my second to last one here is uh, the promo that 
I'm sure this aired on television leading up to it, but I remember seeing it on the, the home videotape. Do I, I don't think I need to explain what videotapes are, but there used to be these <laughs> things called videotapes. And, uh, but before the main event of WrestleMania five, there's a, they air a promo video where Macho Man sort of recaps the whole feud with Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan, I remember way back when, when the mega powers were bonded, yeah. You made a lot of promises to the Macho Man, didn't you? Promises that you didn't keep. I remember one specific one, yeah. You promised that Elizabeth would never be in a dangerous position. You broke that promise, didn't you, Hulk Hogan? And who had to come in and make that critical save? The Macho Man, Randy Savage, covering for Hogan again. Hulk Hogan, I only come down in your matches when it's absolutely necessary. When you're down and out. That's the kind of rules I play by. But you, you play by different rules. Yeah, you gotta get in your grandstanding and your hot-dogging, don't you? Yeah! I remember a time when I wrestled the king, too. And in fact, I hit boss men on the outside of the ring, just like you! The only difference was I was doing real good, yeah. I was styling out there like a champion, yeah. But guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot dogging in? You, man. You, Hulk Hogan, yeah. You just couldn't stand to sit back with your feet up and watch the champion in action. Well, look at this, prima donna. Hulk Hogan, not only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're a liar, too. In fact, I remember a time where we stood in front of the man that does nothing but lie brother love and you told some of the biggest lies that i've ever heard of in my whole life i love him like a brother it's a lie hulk hogan and that's enough to get me hot but what you said to elizabeth is enough to get me to the boiling point yeah i love elizabeth Hulk Hogan, you say you love Elizabeth? Well, I got news for you, man. Yeah, I got news for you. Elizabeth is going to be in the corner of the Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania 5. Yeah. And let me tell you something. You say you love me like a brother. Well, listen to this, Hulk Hogan. I hate you. I hate your guts. And that's what's going to be left all over the mat after WrestleMania 5. And yeah. he just cuts this, and he just gets angrier and angrier and more vicious and more out of breath the longer he goes as he's talking about the lust in Hogan's eyes. And he airs like a very clearly edited piece where Hogan's saying, I love Elizabeth like a sister, but then he cuts it right as he says, I love Elizabeth. <laughs> and, uh, and then just goes into this promo, and he ends it by saying, I hate your rotten guts, and that's what I'm going to spill all over the mat at WrestleMania. I was like, the storytelling, I mean, again, we're, as, as we're talking about promos, we're sort of start talking about the, the stories as a whole. The Hogan and Savage story, as weird and awkward and sad as it maybe got in real life <laughs> over the next decade or so, or two, uh, the, the 1989, the build of that WrestleMania is some of the best storytelling I think WWF ever did. Oh, yeah, it's, it's right up there with the best. And I'm so glad that you chose this. Randy Savage promo, I think, like he said, it was aired on uh, video. It aired on primetime wrestling at the time. It aired on uh, the syndicated shows, Superstars and Wrestling Challenge. 
I remember seeing it on wrestling channel or uh, on superstars uh, as a very little boy. Uh, but I'm so glad that you picked this promo and not the cream of the crop promo. Like, <laughs> I, that's so overrated. Like, I agree. Like because it doesn't draw it, 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 it doesn't draw a dime. It's just like a funny catchphrase. Yes. <laughs> Whereas this actually, um, yeah, this was a real promo. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if what the deal is with that cream of the crop one. It just it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me. And I think maybe just it's all over online because maybe it was one of the first ones that ever got put on YouTube or something. <laughs> yeah. And so it's been around forever, but uh, there are much better Randy Savage promos than uh, the Cream of the Crop promo. So, oh, yeah. totally agree. And uh, yeah, this this one is just—it's really spectacular. And as 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 uh, explaining what the you know the heels' motivation was for uh, you know for this at the time you know the biggest match they could possibly put on, it was it was just perfect. All right, my last selection here is complicated. <laughs> you know, Hulk Hogan was my hero for 20-some years, and then and then turns out he was a vile human being. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, we had had Uncle him... Terry, <laughs> who we just saw on Raw last month? Yeah. Yeah, turns out he was, you know, kind of a racist guy. Huh. And uh, didn't want his daughter dating someone that was, you know, of a different race. Hmm. Regardless, um, when I think of the Hulk Hogan character, you know, there's a lot of, let me tell you something, Mean Gene, and there's a lot of those where he almost becomes a parody of himself, you know, post... <laughs> Everything like post Andre, I mean, I guess he did some good stuff in them. And there's some good Hogan promos in the Randy Savage feud also. Yeah. But I guess everything was kind of more formulaic after the on the Andre feud in 87, I guess, where, you know, monster of the month or whatever, you know, the big stinky giant comes in. Whether it's Kamala or One Man Gang, or you know, eventually they started getting some some smaller guys in there because they thought that they could actually work and bump around for him, like Bad News Brown. That didn't exactly work out, but uh, Kurt Hennig, regard, you know. Anyway, yeah. But by that point, you know, there was a formula for for Hogan promos, and but if you go back to the like 86 86 or late 86 and the Paul Orndorff feud two people so close as you and I man like blood brothers I can't believe you sold me out for nothing you sold me out every jealousy but when I look around I see a few confused people some of your people man the ones that aren't all maniacs well, those people let me lay it out straight for you some straight talk God created the heaven, he created the earth, he created all the Hulkamaniacs, then he created a set of 24 pythons, brother. And the reason for it is to straighten people up like you, Mr. Wonderful. People that don't have their priorities in order, who don't realize who the boss is, man. Well, for you, Mr. Wonderful, your time is here tonight, brother. And when I think about it, you know, the old Mr. Wonderful's back like you got a new paint job or something. Big deal. I'm the old, battered down, broken down holster that just keeps running better than ever, man. Loyalty's what it's all about. Ultimate trust. 
the bond between me and my Hulkamaniacs. Hey, old Mr. Wonderful, I'm gonna smoke right by you. But just remember one thing, dude. You're an old dog man that can't even wag his own tail. There's no way you're ever gonna beat me. It shall be written. The holster said it shall be done. Your time is now, Mr. Wonderful. Which was, you know, it drew 60,000 plus people in Toronto. Uh, legitimately, one of Hogan's greatest opponents, Paul Orndorff, in terms yeah. of, you know, and they're mentioned a lot when no, it's go always, down that list. Yeah, it's always Savage and Andre and um but yeah, when when the, when this was still a house show business and not a TV business, Hogan and Orndorff was huge. So, Hogan cuts promo um again, finding it, this promo was actually a lot harder to find on the internet than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's on the network. I'm sure it's on. I'm sure it's on some uh, compilation uh, promo thing, but as a standalone promo by itself, it was very difficult to find. But it's Hogan talking about how <laughs> talking about the creation of the earth when God created the earth. <laughs> <laughs> and then God created a set of 24 inch pythons. Mm. And it's just, it's, it establishes him as this larger in life character. And then he talks about uh, the jealousy that Orndorf had for him and how Orndorf's going to face, face the reckoning of the pythons. It's just, it's cartoony 80s Hulk Hogan when maybe he was still putting a little more thought into his promos rather than just spitting out formula stuff and i loved it yeah i uh it's it's pretty great it's i and i yeah i like the way he really did frame it as you said he establishes who he is he establishes who orndorf is he establishes their motivation and he says all right we're gonna fight and i'm gonna kill you like <laughs> yeah like and he does it in a very cartoony you know hulk hogan way but you can get the, that basic gist of what what he is that these that he hates this guy now. He thought he was his friend. He turned on him, and guess what? Now you're you've got to deal with the full power of Hulkamania. You <laughs> yeah. like you you done effed up, man. Now yeah. I'm coming down on you with uh, you know with everything. Yep, tremendous. And uh, and my number my number one or not officially number one my my last promo that I'm going to mention here uh, on my official list is uh, I could have. I could have probably just made a list of all Dusty Rhodes promos, as I almost did, honestly. Yeah. I thought about that today. Um, similar <laughs> yeah. to how you did a, your worst gimmicks list was all Ed Leslie's. Yeah. Uh, I thought I, would, <laughs> I might do the, the inverse of that and do five <laughs> Dusty Rhodes promos, but decided against it. Um, may, maybe if we do a volume two of this, well, <laughs> it'll be all Dusty next time. But anyway, yeah. uh, so settling down on, on one Dusty Rhodes promo, and I adore the hard times promo it's a great promo and rick flair you put hard times on this country by taking dusty roads out that's hard time and we all had hard times together i admit i don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look my belly's just a little big my hand is just a little big but brother i am bad and they know i'm bad and there were two bad people one was John Wayne, and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. It's tremendous. It's beautiful. It'll be played in any time Dusty Rhodes' name is mentioned for the next, you know, as long as people care about wrestling and keep records of old wrestlers. 
he he will be associated with that Hard Times promo. And I'm not saying that's the wrong choice, but it's not the choice I made today. All right. The one I went with is, uh, it's a short one. He's talking about Tully Blanchard. And I tell a story about the cold-blooded sausage maker that's walking through the woods and these little pigs run around. And he grabs the little pigs and he making cold-blooded sausage out of them. But always in that story, when she's scared and her eyes are big as silver dollars, the American dream comes and saves the little piggies. But in this case, I am the cold-blooded sausage maker. Tell her, Blanchard. And you the little piggies. And you running around with one big pig. That's right. Now I hope my mama don't call David and get on for me talking this way. But she ain't no lady. She ain't no 10. She's nothing more than something off the, I ain't even gonna talk about it. And you talking about now, you gotta deal with a dealer. That's fine. Cause that's risky business. I am risky business. I am the cool, bloody sausage maker. And he, it's called, you can look it up on YouTube. It's called The Cold-Blooded Sausage Maker. <laughs> and Dusty spins a tale about how he reads this story to his daughter, Teal Margaret, about, about the cold-blooded sausage maker, this villain that goes after all these little piggies. And, <laughs> and right when the cold-blooded sausage maker is about to get all the piggies, the American dream shows up and saves the day. <laughs> But this time, Tully Blanchard, it's different because now Dusty is the cold-blooded sausage maker <laughs> and Tully's the little piggy. It's so good. It is so good. And it's just a beautiful example of how Dusty could just just talk and talk and talk. And you'd be like, what the hell is he talking about? And then he'd spin it into the best thing you ever heard. He. He really should have been like a Southern Baptist preacher. Yeah. <laughs> he was gifted. He was so gifted. Like he had a gift for speaking that should have been used in a way other than the wrestling business. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Motivational speaker, something like that. Yeah. He oh, yeah. Not, yeah. He could have done Good choice, though. Like I came up, you know, obviously, like you said, the hard times promo. I don't think that's overrated. I think that's really great. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, no question. Uh, but I like I like the, the the different spin on it there. And I I believe I read on Twitter once Cody said that that's his favorite promo. It's the cold blooded sausage maker. So <laughs> nice. I uh, I appreciate being in good company with that. But yeah, that's those are I guess our official lists. Obviously, some some honorable mentioned. I thought about putting the punk one on here. Uh, uh, personally, I have a lot of uh, appreciation. Not that it was like a great money drawing promo, but uh, we were at a Raw in Baltimore together where he told the anonymous general manager that until he named him the number one contender, he was going to sit in the ring and make snow angels. <laughs> yes. That yes. was, uh, I, I adored, I loved that punk. I mean, I, I, I've talked before on the show, I'm not a fan of work shoot stuff. And I think a lot of punk stuff from that era does not age well. 
but there's a few ones in there. That one is really fun. And I mean, the, the sit down promo is iconic, whether I like it or not, you know? So it's like, right. I don't want to, I'm not hating on it if you love it, but uh, I also really like the promo where he, he talked about how Cena had become the Yankees. I always thought that was a great, a great line of sort of reframing what that feud was because, you know, Cena was always portrayed as this conquering hero overcoming the odds. And Punk was pointing out that, no, you're, you are the monster now that I'm trying to conquer. I thought that was well done, but yeah, punk punk in 11 had, had some good ones there. Maybe not any that uh, really made my list. Sounds good. All right. Uh, anything else you want to get into? Uh, not really. I mean, there's, there's some, there's some minor like funny ones, like, you know, woke leftist hero, Daniel Bryan cutting into baby boomers. Vince. Of course you don't want to listen to this because you and the entire baby boomer generation are the great parasites of this world. You see, these people bowed down to you when you came out, but they don't realize that you and your entire generation, you take, you take, you take, and you give nothing back, putting profits over both the people and the planet every single time. And they bow to you for it. They bow to you for it. It's like you pulled this incredible magic trick, this illusion. Well, you've concealed from them all the economic and environmental debt that you've created, and they've become satisfied with trading Instagram likes and Facebook messages and social media stuff. All while you're in the back hoarding all the wealth, hoarding all the power, and they ignore it because they're distracted. You've created an environment for somebody like AJ Styles to become a hero. <laughs> By yelling at Vince McMahon in uh, December of 2018 was, was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, him on commentary telling uh, Byron Saxon that he hopes his daughter grows up to kick a thousand men in the groin. <laughs> and he hopes, hopes specifically she kicks Byron in the groin because he sees all the plastic water bottles and chicken that Byron eats. <laughs> He's a really, he's a really gifted speaker as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of guys, a lot of guys, uh, too good for that. But obviously, with this episode, I think we we both want to get some feedback on this and hear hear from you guys. So definitely tweet us at twl underscore podcast. Tell us about your favorites. You want to give us a whole five list? You uh, you want to just pick your you know pick a couple to send us? Definitely, uh, definitely tweet me there. I'll I'll be interested to see the feedback we get here. Give give me give me some arm promos too. Like I always hear about arm with this great promo, and I'm not Ooh. I'm not disputing that. But obviously, arm didn't crack either of our top fives, and right. uh, just you know, send me some arm stuff. Yeah, is it, uh, you know, is there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you think Punk's best stuff was in Ring of Honor. Maybe you uh, you know maybe there's a Samoa Joe promo I'm overlooking. Maybe there's. And yeah, maybe there are guys from the, from those eras. Maybe there's guys like Arn or Tully or uh, you know other other savage promos. Piper, obviously Piper. We didn't pick a specific Piper promo besides your uh, your Hall of Fame speech. So is there right. a, like cl- classic Piper promo from Portland wrestling or something that we're overlooking? Definitely, yeah, definitely tweet us there. I, I'd love to. I'd love to hear people's feedback on this. All right. Well, till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye.
Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Can I do my uh, Senator Michael Bennett impression for you real quick? Sure. Senator Kamala Harris, we're still friends. And when this is all over and done with, I'm going to add her as a friend on Facebook. (laughs) And then I'm going to go in and I'm going to like every single photo of her with her husband and comment, (laughs) you did well for yourself on them. I've heard more Michael Bennett in this uh, promo <sighs> than there was on Raw on Monday. Heyo. <laughs> what kind of psychopath uses desktop Twitter? <laughs> right? <laughs> what? Serial killers. That's who uses <laughs> police. Laptop Twitter. The police use <laughs> desktop cops. Like I, I have it open right now because uh that's how I record this, but no, otherwise, Michael Bennett. <laughs> That's who uses desktop. Uh, I don't like this new Twitter layout. They changed it for the sake of changing it. <laughs> but Senator Harris and I are still good friends. 